This is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting female musicians and artists. Today, I am happy to say that I'm joined by singer-songwriter Hannah Matisek. Hannah, welcome to 2SER. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited to say that I'd like to start off by talking about Patti Smith. Patti Smith? Hell yeah. (laughs) I was reading an article that you were saying that she's a really big influence on you. And also, I know that you've kind of read some of her books as well. Can we talk about Patti Smith's writing? We can. I I love the way that she writes. Um, she's, you know, she's got a few books out. Um, I've read uh, Wool Gathering and Coral Sea. Are they kind of the early ones? I haven't um, read those, to be honest. Oh, look, in terms of the chronological order, I'm not too sure. Okay. <laughs> but um, I, I just love the way that she writes. Uh, she's a woman of conviction mm. and... Like I was saying to you before that um, she just has a way with words that everything that comes out of her mouth is with such conviction and it's like it's not planned but it comes out so eloquently. And About her running style, yeah. I wonder how many edits she goes through because everything that in the final box, it's so like, I don't know, tight. Because I do a lot of, I mean, I kind of do scientific writing is a very large part of my job. And so... I don't know, I appreciate how extremely tight it is. And when you do that in science, it's boring because you just do it sort of concise and to the point so people can understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. But her writing is really tight but also really poetic and creative. Yeah, it just has a flow. Um, When I read her lyrics, it inspires me to write. It makes me want to sit down in an empty room with like floorboards and sit there with a black coffee and write heaps of songs yeah. or, write, or just write about life and what I'm, what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling or, you know, or just writing about other people and observing them. And I think for me, that's the most inspiring thing because when there's an artist or someone out there who, if I hear their songs or read their lyrics, it, it gives me that exciting feeling inside and I want to sit down with pen and paper and hide away from the world and do that. I, mm. I mean, that's everything. That's all, what it's all about to me. I think that, so you need to put on your list of things to do to read M-Train. M-Train. It was the I, most, have a, I have a copy. You have it. And it was I, the most recent one, I think. Yeah. The, oh, no, there was one called Devotion that came out, I think, 2017. But M-Train, it's sort of, it's not really, it describes her life. But it's not a chronological story of her life. Yeah, it, it jumps kinda, around. It a bit. jumps around, and I guess the common element is writing in cafes. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I like. It it paints such a picture mm. of her mm. and her life, and and just uh, those places where she gets inspired. And I mean, like I love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much, but. Some of the like most special moments I've had by myself have been sitting in a cafe. You know, I even remember like wagging school when I was 16 and going into <laughs> Newtown and just uh, having a like notepad and pen and just writing. Right. And I think Patty Smith like encapsulates that. Did you go to school in Newtown or? No, I didn't. I oh, went okay. to school out west. Okay. Western Sydney. 
I went to school very far away from Newtown. <laughs> I'm a country boy, so... Whereabouts? I'm from Tari. Tari, eh? Yeah. One of my best mates is from there. Oh, really? Yeah. There you Musician go. as well. Cool. Nath? <laughs> Do you know him? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But um, two, two musicians from Tare, what are their chances? <laughs> <laughs> I think they have some bands. I'm not really up to date with the local uh, music scene, to be honest. <laughs> my, my brother's living in Foster now. Oh, right. Which is pretty okay. close, actually. So. I have a friend that I work with from Brazil, and he says his place, favorite place in the world is Old Bar. Old Bar? Is it's, that in Yeah. It's just sort of, if you go uh, just east of Tare, it's like a 10-minute yeah, nice. drive. It's a pretty cool place, but it's nowhere near Newtown. Yeah. I kind of feel as though growing up and having access to Newtown would give you a different perspective. Yeah, it did. I I think, you know, back then particularly, it felt like such a home away from home. Like, it was like, it made me want to grow up and be able to just, like, live in an area like that. And I did end up living in Newtown because, you know, it's, it's you get, like, such a diverse group of people. And I love that. Mm. <laughs> And there's there's so much arts, there's so much focus on, you know, sustainability and environment and everything. And I was like, yeah, I, I want to be a part of this. It makes me feel like I've met my people yeah. in a way. That's interesting that, so I guess you've been songwriting or telling stories from a young age. Yeah. And you're playing gigs at the moment. But I kind yes. of want, I mean, you've been through, I guess, some transitions in terms of relationship with music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that you, I guess there was a period where you were doing it full time. Yes. I think. And that was kind of the way that you were making a living. Yeah. But I guess when you're doing that, the thing is that you don't, when you're starting out doing that, you're playing a lot of covers, I assume. Yeah, it is a lot. A lot of covers and for a pretty like solid amount of time. So most of the gigs I was playing, they were three hour sets. And often, like I don't want, like I'm super grateful that I had the opportunity to play them and to, you know, be able to build up the resilience to play for long periods of times. And there were there were times when I would play a three hour gig, have a one hour break, and then play another three hour gig. So that's like a full on like six hour day of playing like the, songs. Like the Beatles. <laughs> Yeah, in, in 1959 or whatever. Did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> Playing lo- many, many hours in a yeah. row. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, like a lot of those gigs, they were kind of more background music gigs because I, I find that a lot of the gigs that you have to play to make a living in Sydney are, you know, like sitting in the corner providing a bit of background music, and that's that's totally cool. There were moments when. You know, I loved it and you connect with that. But I think when you are a songwriter and and I predominantly see myself as a songwriter more than a performer, more than a recording artist, more than, you know, some pop star, definitely don't see myself as that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, like, I mean, the sole purpose that I write songs is to connect with people and to you know, put my experiences out there into the world and hopefully, you know, encourage people through their experiences or just, you know, like add a bit of light. Oh, the door just opened. That's creepy as. It did. There's no ghost at Tuesday, though. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure. We can leave it. It's fine. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, the fr- friendly Casper has joined us. <laughs> <laughs> so doing those long extended gigs yeah. where you're playing lots of covers, is it difficult to 
play for three hours and not get an opportunity to play a song that you might have just written. You might have just been at a cafe writing lyrics that day, but you don't actually get to, I guess, let everyone experience that. You have to play songs that people know from the 70s or whatever. Look, to be honest, like, I was playing cover gigs, but, you know, like, I'd say maybe 30% of my set list, I would play my own songs. Oh, really? But I think it got to a point where I was playing them so much that... Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it was a huge blessing. I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity and that like I was getting paid to play music and play songs. But I think the whole reason I like playing my songs and sharing that music is to connect with people. And if you're struggling to do that in a certain environment, because that environment or that venue isn't really set up to... um for that purpose like it it is challenging and it can take the joy out of it a bit so I mean yeah I I did play some of my own songs it's not one (laughs) of snuck them in (laughs) but you're not playing to one of Fran's listening audiences yeah so can you tell us a bit about some of the environments that you were playing in that time when you were so music is how you were paying your bills yeah for sure I mean there were some venues where like you know there were a bunch of people sitting like playing pokies and, you know, waddling past maybe to get a beer or, you know, just, you know, you, <laughs> like, mm. I'm not, I'm not diminishing that, but, um, yeah, not really like soul nourishing. Sure. Yeah. And like, I mean, uh, like there were still special moments where people did connect and people would say things. Um, but it, it's just more the venue It was trying to spend a bit of money to have live music in the hope that these uh, live musicians who perform maybe like three, four, five times a week would bring like hundreds and hundreds of people to their venues. Mm. And then they're there, like they haven't necessarily done a lot of promo. Um, and you're playing this gig to, you know, like their, their regular clientele or, you know, you have a, you have a few friends or come, but they're not the kind of, gigs as well where like you know if you are playing three four or five times a week you can't rely on your friends to come to every gig or you can't rely on the people who follow your music to come to every gig you know it's kind of like a surplus particularly if you're playing a similar set list every night yeah 100 percent. and because i guess you would have had a big bank of songs and you choose you can sort of have a bit of versatility but you kind of that's your sort of staple that you're playing most nights yeah for sure and I think definitely by the end of um you know playing full-time it it got to a point where I'm like man I'm I'm only learning the songs when I have to like say for a wedding or for like a a special event where I've been asked to learn a new song like I wasn't learning new songs for the joy of learning a new song I was just you know like like, I mean, I guess a lot of it's on me because I was doing the bare minimum, I suppose. Like, I could have made it more exciting, but I think it, it's easy to get into a bit of a funk when you're doing that and do you think feeling it's be- like you have to do it. Do you think it's because of that environment where people are not necessarily enthused about, I mean, you're playing covers. There's like 40-year-old songs. Yeah. That it's not sort of something that you've written yourself and people are not necessarily enthused. They're not kind of going there to see you. Do you think that that kind of gets into that, 
getting into that mindset where it's more becomes a job rather than a joy. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think, like, before I did music full time, like I would jump up when I did play a gig because it was a lot less regularly, and I would be so excited to connect with the audience. And I just felt like I had this completely different energy about me where I was, you know, like really wanting to connect with the people and. You know, like, I, I mean, I guess a lot of it is on me because if I'd taken that same energy to all of those other gigs, it could have been a completely different experience. But I think, yeah, like, with anything, you can, it can become mundane, yeah. you know, even if it did once excite you. <laughs> it's a bit like... I think that underpinning everything is just money sucks. It does. It kind of draws, extracts all of the joy out of the things that you like to do. Yeah, and yeah, it is It is challenging. You know, if you have a sick day, I mean, with anyone who's self-employed, if, if you have a sick day, if, if um, you know, like there's no kind of backup plan for paying rent that week or mm. and living somewhere like Sydney, like it is challenging. Yeah, I was spoke to Kate Young who does is basically doing that kind of thing where she's doing a lot of covers gigs. Yeah. And she said, you know, when you're a, a that kind of artist, no one pays you superannuation. Yeah, you just, exactly. You have to go there every day, grind real hard, and that's how that's that's how it is. That's the reality. Yeah, and I think, you know, that that goes across I guess like a lot of different industries, whether it's creative or, you know, anyone trying to do their own thing and like hats off to everyone who is doing it because it it's not an easy task. Mm. I'm really appreciating your honesty. <laughs> oh, look, I'm, I feel like it's a bit depressing, but I'm like, man, this is this is my experience. This is. It's interesting to have a different this is why perspective. I am where I am right now. I think it's interesting. So when you were, I mean, there must have been a point. Yeah. Where you'd been doing this. So how long were you doing that before you changed? So music full time. Mm. I mean, it's going to sound a bit weak, but like one year. <laughs> okay, but at the end of that year, was there like? Something that snapped, or was it a slow transition, realizing that it's sort of sucking the joy out of, out of performing music? Look, it was, like to be honest, I'd accumulated a bit of debt. Mm, okay. <laughs> so there was that kind of that that well, not kind of there was that financial stress, and like th- there were just a few other things in my personal life where mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was really just wanting some stability. And just wanting to be able to, like, breathe again. And, yeah, so I, I, you know, put on my shirt and got a full-time job again. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're back writing songs. Yeah. I actually, I would like to take, listen to one of the tracks now. Yeah, for sure. You were, you did some recording at Arthur Street Studios. That's correct. Which is a place that I'm very fond of. Um it's a great studio. It's a cool little. It's sort of really tucked away as well. Yeah, it's, it's um in a kind of industrial like area. industrial yeah. area <laughs> in like Granville or something. I think the suburb uh, is like or Lid- Homebush. Lidcombe, that's the one Around I'm thinking there of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I would like to take a track. We're gonna. This was a song that. So you record it. You kind of wrote it on the spot, right? I did. I was in the studio. Um, not particularly making great progress. Well, I'm, actually, if like, if you look at the stats, I was making good progress because I started recording 20 songs in one session. That's um, prolific. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I've got a lot of songs. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I wasn't really kind of getting anything out of it. And 
I'd just uh, gotten back from Brisbane where my partner lives and yeah, I was really excited because that relationship was quite fresh and, you know, like feeling all in love. So just sat down when we had a bit of a break and I wrote this song and recorded it pretty much on the spot. So this is a demo recorded at Other Street Studios by Hannah Matisek. The song is called T. Which God did you fall from? Which heaven was your home? Found comfort in your arms like I have never known Don't need to pay attention Don't need to watch the screen But now feel your affection Your love is healing me has it been feels like forever it seems don't need to count cause somehow this is just meant to be come to my home make a place with me we can be such friends sipping juice and sipping tea this face with me Give you hugs and love and butterflies to the sky, bells in the sea. Don't need to say too much, still it all comes up. You listen with your white eyes, staring into mine. Couldn't make this up, but still they would dare to try. I'm happy when I'm with you. I swear I fly to meet you. Come to your home, made a place for me. We'll be such friends, sipping juice and sipping tea. Fist face with me. I give you hugs and love and butterflies to the sky. In the sea, I give myself a pass to be a mess if the mess leads you to me. I give you kisses, cause your heart is big and it's light and mine to be. Oh, come to my home. Make a place with me We'll be such friends Sipping juice and sipping tea Face to face with me I give you hugs and love And butterflies to the sky else in the sea The track we just heard was T by Hannah Matisek. Now you, I mean, you're playing quite a lot of gigs. You've got some gigs coming out. You're playing a Volkswagen soon, right? I am. I'm playing a friend's 
famous uh, songwriter night, Volkswagen, mm. next uh, September 18th. Okay. And then you're up to Brisbane as well that weekend? Yeah. Um, so on the 20th, I'll be playing outside the Theatre Republic. So that's part of um, the fringe side of Brisbane Festival. Okay. Uh, yeah, so when, you, when you're doing that, you're playing your own compositions a hundred percent yeah so i'm interested Cannot in wait. yeah <laughs> and so that made you much more enthusiastic about doing that yeah right? i'm sure you just saw my, saw my like, yeah your eyes light up like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool okay so you had done this recording at other street yeah and i kind of want to get a vibe of are you thinking i mean you're playing lots of shows and the songs are you're writing the songs and they're kind of developing as you go so, do you have a plan to uh, release? I guess that's what I'm getting at. Is there yeah. a release on the horizon that you're thinking about, or how is that going to work? <laughs> how is that going to work? Are we going to work through <laughs> that question together? Or? Yeah, I think we're going to work it out right now. Yeah. Um, do we have, like, a whiteboard? <laughs> yeah, okay. I should have bought my markers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it's this crazy thing where, like, I've, I've been writing songs since I was 12 years old. You know, like, it's something I was drawn to. And it's something that I just have always wanted to do. I've always been so eager to write songs and get my music out there. Yet, on the flip side, I haven't really done that. Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, I've I've gone into the studio. I've done some recordings. And, yeah, like, like as I was saying before, like, I find it really hard to, like, know what song to record and... And in the meantime, I'm writing new songs, and so it becomes like I think I think I overthink it a lot, um, and that's why I did just dump all those songs like from live gigs and everything on SoundCloud because I was like, you know what, like I'm I don't know when I'm actually going to get some music out there. Mm. But the thing is, like this might this might sound a bit fluffy, a bit airy fairy, yeah. but like in my heart, I know I will, and I'm completely determined to get my music out there and get it done in a way that, you know, like encapsulates uh, just everything that songwriting is to me. Okay. Um, so you're not yeah, really like worrying I, about it because you know that it's going to happen at some point. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's like, I guess from a, like a planning perspective, uh, you know, like a timeline perspective and everything like that's not probably the answer that I should be saying. Like I should, you know, there's a lot of shoulds that come up. You start comparing yourself to other musicians that, you know, maybe, you know, haven't been performing live as long or this or that. And it's so easy to get caught up in these comparisons. But at the end of the day, I just need to breathe and take it a day at a time and know that this is in my heart to do, so I will do it. Mm. <laughs> so that I sounds think that's, good. <laughs> that's like that's like the wackest response to when's your next uh, recording coming out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I was interested to hear about the process. Do you think it's that to date? I mean, it will happen, and there'll be a final, I guess, EP or something. But do you yeah. think that it's a situation where you have so many ideas and so many like half songs? That yeah. it's difficult to narrow it down to like five or something for an EP? I think uh, in some respects, yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, I have songs that like, I definitely do want out there, but I, I'll sit there with a piece of paper and be like, all right, let's pick five songs you know, that, that are going to be my EP. And next minute I have like 
five EPs with five songs each. And I'm mm. like, I want to record all these songs. I want to put it all out there. And then it becomes this process where I, I just have overthought it. I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed and I'm like, all right, let's just, let's just take that easy. <laughs> and I guess this is where I think um, the importance of having a team work with you mm. um, is demonstrated. And like, I think that's something that, you know, like having those having people who could ground me and direct me a bit more, I think that I would really benefit from that as would a lot of artists out there. Mm, sure. Yeah. So when you're, I mean, if you have lots of songs that you've written, yep. but you're playing, I mean, when you play Volkswagen, it will be like a 40 minute set or something. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how does the set list, how is it created and how does it evolve? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is kind of funny because like, literally every gig I've played, even those ones where, you know, like it's three hour set, like I'll, I'll still like sit down before the gig and I'll have pretty much like a summary of what I'm going to play in those three hours. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, today I'm feeling like this is a better order. So I, I just flip it around a bit. But in terms of for these gigs where I'm playing like a 40 minute set, my own songs, I really want it to be a bit of a journey. Like I like to start with something that's a bit more, you know, like upbeat and that kind of invites people in and includes people, make makes people feel really like comfortable. Um, and then I like, you know, like try to like chill it out a bit, maybe just go to a more relaxed song about whatever. So you think about the, the vibe. <laughs> yeah, I, I like do. Like I do, throughout. I do put a lot of thought into it and you know, like it, I, I kind of get it to this point where I'm playing a bit more of an intense song and then I strip it right back and play an almost lullaby type song. And then I want to end on a note, which is just a big bang at the end. And this is this is in my mind, like what's going on, okay. whether it actually translates to that. Sure. <laughs> to like an audience, that's that's a different matter. Well, we'll have but that's to, out of my control. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go and hang out at Volkswagen. Yeah, for sure. September the something, 18th. 18th. Yeah. Yes. It is time for the segment, Tell yep. Me a Thing, where I have a quite old shabby list of seven topics that I'm going to ask you <coughs> to choose one to tell us something about. I kind of stole Patty Smith, but the remaining... I forgive you. Okay, okay. I'm forgiven, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the remaining six on the list are politics, punk rock, death, poetry, recording equipment, and musical equipment. Hannah, can you please tell me a thing? Okay, about death. Well, I'll tie it in with my music because um, when I was writing songs in high school, that was like quite a dark period where I was particularly fascinated with death. You know, I think like I was going through a lot of struggles and everything, but there's one song that I wrote called Death Eyes. And that was actually, that actually came about because I was having recurring dreams where, um, yeah, these eyes would appear and I would end up getting killed and apparently that's a bad thing if you're killed in a dream but right I mean so far I'm, I'm still still sweet right you're having those <laughs> dreams as a teenager yeah yeah and so I guess um yeah there were a lot of songs that that delved into that and 
you know, and this kind of idea that, you know, life could be appreciated more if you got a taste of the other side or... <laughs> right. And Dreams so, are... I mean, yeah, that's, that's whack, I know. <laughs> Dreams are weird. Yeah. They're, yeah, man, I've never had any death-related dreams, but... Yeah. Sometimes, I don't know, it's like you're making a movie in your mind. Yeah, it's it's pretty whack. Okay. And, yeah, I don't know if that was... So what happened to Death Eyes? (laughs) I just realized how deep this is, and I'm like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Did you Um, recall it, or...? Yeah, I did, actually. Like, my brother, um, so he did... He did a recording of it. That was just like a home studio kind of job. And then for my year 12 major art project, I got together with my like one of my mates. Um, she's a fa- fashion photographer now, doing some of the big magazines and everything. And we created like a stop motion picture film clip to it. So it was, it was real funky. Like, I mean, we're down on the beach and there were masks and... I. I there, there was a lot of pretty. It was pretty on. whack. It yeah. was pretty whack. Yeah. How was the response to your year twelve video about death? <laughs> um, People checking that everything's all good, or <laughs> oh no, that was that was constantly happening. <laughs> oh right, okay. <laughs> no, nah, but I guess I don't know. It was, you know, I I, I passed. So oh, that's good news. I mean, that's and that's always a plus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the show today, and. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate sort of the honesty that we've had about the trials and tribulations of being a songwriter. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Still it all comes up You listen with the white eyes Staring into my Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of Do As E R 107.3. I'm happy when I'm with you I swear I fly to meet you Come to your home Made a place for me We'll be such friends sipping juice